Good afternoon and welcome to this week's edition of Health Suite. Now here's an interesting topic, at least to me, it's weight loss surgery. When you get weight loss surgery, your surgeon makes changes to your stomach or your small intestine, or even both. Here to tell us more is Dr. Baldwin Young, Associate Consultant, Department of Surgery at Sengkang General Hospital. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Hi, Catherine. Okay, first question I have is, could I undergo weight loss surgery if I'm not necessarily overweight but want to shed a few pounds? Is that an easy way out for me? Well, I think with your physique, I don't think we'll need to do weight loss <laughs> surgery on you. You're too kind. Okay, but what are the different kinds of weight loss surgical procedures? Well, weight loss uh, surgery um, has been developed for the last 20, 30 years um, more popularized. And really two main types of surgery are done. Uh, one is a sleeve gastrectomy, and the other one is uh, the gastric bypass surgery. And both of these surgeries are done uh, by keyhole surgery. And by that we mean we are able to complete the entire procedure through multiple small uh, one centimeter or less incisions, uh, and then we can uh, do the operation we desire. Uh, so for sleeve gastrectomy, uh, we will uh, do it under general anesthesia with the patient asleep, um, and we will resize the stomach. Uh, simply from a, a, a normal stomach is like a, a wine bag, and we will use a special device and we'll reshape the stomach into a sleeve shape and remove the excess stomach. So at the end of the procedure, which takes one and, one and a half hours to do, um, the patient will have a much smaller stomach. And the effect of that is that when the patient eats after the surgery, they'll notice uh, they feel full much earlier. And this is a type of surgery we call restrictive type surgery. This is uh, by far the most common type of surgery we're doing nowadays. Uh, the other type is uh, gastric bypass surgery. And this is a bit more uh, aggressive and uh, usually reserved for patients who are a bit more overweight. And in this surgery, what we do, again, by keyhole surgery, we will reshape the stomach into a small stomach pouch, which can contain about 20 to 30 milliliters of fluid. And we'll directly bring a loop of small bowel downstream and connect it to the stomach. <coughs> and so not only will the patient get a restrictive effect because the stomach is very small now, uh, but also it will affect the food absorption because the food is directly diverted into the small bowel. Uh, the body doesn't get a chance to absorb food as much. Uh, so it's a combination, and that's, uh, that's why it's more reserved for patients who are more overweight. Okay, so what is the safest form of weight loss surgery then? Uh, both are very safe with a long track record of safety. Um, uh, in, in, in terms of ease of doing the procedure and also ease of follow-up, uh, sleeve gastrectomy will probably be the uh, safest option. Right. Okay. So you said both surgeries are keyhole surgeries. That's right. Does that mean the recovery time is a lot quicker? Yes. Um, so uh, in contrast to olden days where we have to make a uh, maybe a 6-inch to 8-inch uh, cut in the abdomen, uh, we are able to achieve this by multiple small cuts of less than 1 cm. And so we would expect the patient to, on the day of surgery, be able to sit up, uh, go, do, do normal things like going to the toilet and have something uh, light to drink. Um, and over the next few days, really it's just dietary uh, readjustment. That's why we keep the patient in. And so they would stay in the hospital for three to five days afterwards. 
Okay, so what is the criteria then to undergo weight loss surgery? I understand that not anyone can undergo weight loss surgery. So what is the criteria? Yeah, I think, first of all, all patients will need to go through a uh, comprehensive assessment by our multidisciplinary team. And that team would include not only the surgeon, but also the endocrinologist, the physiotherapist, the psychologist, the dietitian, and the patient will have to go through all this assessment. And and they different people have different reasons why they have gained weight. And the reason we have this team is to assess how complex the patient is. And so this period of assessment and management will will be in the region of three, six months, even longer if the patients are very complex. And throughout this period, we want to explain to the patient what to expect after weight loss surgery. And in those patients who understand the surgery uh, and is willing to undergo surgery, the other thing we need to assess is, do they have the, the willpower or the motivation to lose weight? Uh, because surgery alone is not a magic cure. Oh uh, man, I was expecting that it was so, going to be. Yeah, so there will be a bit of hard work afterwards as well. And so uh, it's very important we, I, we teach the, 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 the patients uh, so that they know what to expect after the surgery. And in those who are motivated, who are, uh, we believe will benefit from surgery, uh, then we will go into the criteria. And so um, the reason we do weight loss surgery is not just cosmetic, it's, it's not really cosmetic surgery, it's different from cosmetic surgery. Uh, it's what we call metabolic surgery. And what we're really wanting to treat is the complex, um, the complications related to weight gain. So such as type 2 diabetes, high blood pressure, uh, high lipid level, high cholesterol level. Uh, patients who are overweight, they can have knee, po- knee joint pain. These are our problems, and we are really wanting to treat these rather than cosmetic. And so uh, patients will be assessed using an index called a body mass index. Um, so for those who are not familiar with that, it's the BMI which is a, a, an index calculated by the patient's weight in kilograms divided by the patient's height and divided by the patient's height again. And so uh, we can easily calculate that uh, using an online calculator. Any patients can do that by themselves. Um, and so for Asians, uh, BMI greater than 37.5 would be an indication for surgery. For patients who have uh, complex... Uh, comorbidities or complications because of weight gain, um, such as diabetes, high lipid level, um, these patients would benefit from from surgery if their BMI is greater than 32.5. Now, increasingly, there are new evidence that says if patients have type 2 diabetes uh, and Asian, they might even benefit from surgery as low as a BMI of 27.5. Okay, so what is the general obesity level? What is the BMI for general obesity? Because I believe 37.5 is severely obese, yes, right? Yes, that would be a class 3 obesity. Um, so in general, um, for obesity, uh, BMI greater than 30 would be counted as obesity. Uh, and by the time greater than 35, that's quite severe, morbid obesity already. We are talking to Dr. Baldwin Young, Associate Consultant, Department of Surgery at Sengkang General Hospital. Okay, so now let me understand this. So if you're not obese, generally, you will not be allowed to go for the surgery. Is that true? Yes. So really, there's a a minimum weight that you have to be above before we would consider surgery. Now, having said that, patients who 
uh, not in their ideal weight, but are overweight, uh, there are options we can do for these patients as well. And that's why it's not just surgery when we talk about weight management. It's a very holistic service. And that's why all these different people in the team plays a role. They will t- tell them how to change their lifestyle uh, and try to lose weight that way as well. Okay, tell us what you expect from your patients post-surgery. What sort of management do they have to comply by? So after surgery, um, in the first few days, we would uh, mainly control the patient's symptoms. Uh, so a bit of wound pain, uh, nausea. These are, these are very common symptoms that will be uh, easily controlled by medication. <clears throat> For the first two weeks after the surgery, uh, they would have to adhere to a liquid diet. And this is all done under the supervision of a dietitian. Uh, and the reason is to allow the, the stomach to heal, uh, the joints to heal up. And also, it's an it's a effective means of helping the patient to lose weight. After that two-week period, uh, under the supervision of the dietitian, they will be gradually uh, allowed to add new things to their diets. Uh, again, healthy diets. Uh, but they will start soft diets and gradually resume to a normal, regular, healthy diet. Um, and so weight loss-wise, uh, we would expect patients over the first two years to lose in the region of 20 to 30% of the total body weight. Um, a small percentage of those, some patients, will unfortunately do regain uh, their weight after that period. And that's why I am emphasizing the importance of a healthy diet. Okay, so how effective is weight loss surgery in managing obesity and diabetes? Will it help cure diabetes? Well, first of all, I think diabetes, we need to think clearly. So there are two broad types of diabetes. There's type 1 diabetes, uh, which is usually uh, onset in childhood and is related to uh, the, the pancreas gland not functioning well. And then there's the type 2 diabetes, which is uh, very much obesity-related. And so when we talk about doing metabolic surgery for diabetes, we only are doing it for type 2 diabetes. And numerous randomized controlled trials have been done to see how effective is uh, obesity surgery in controlling diabetes. And we have found that actually... Uh, after surgery, vast majority of patients with diabetes, their medication requirement is dramatically cut down. And longer, f- t- longer term follow-up studies uh, would say that about 30 to 60% of the patients uh, would have their blood sugar normalized uh, even after five years of surgery, after five years after surgery. Uh, so the, the results for well-selected type 2 diabetes patient is very good. Okay, what are the side effects or complications that may result from weight loss surgery? So weight loss surgery uh, is uh, commonly done um, and the rate of complication uh, is probably similar to commonly uh, common operations such as hip operations or gallbladder surgery. Uh, of course, there are specific complications relating to each type of uh, weight reduction surgery. Um, So for sleeve gastrectomy, uh, one of the most common symptoms they would notice after surgery is they can have reflux, acid reflux. And that can occur in the region of 10 to 20% of the patients. Uh, Vast majority of times, this can be managed by medication. Another 
uh, rarer, more uncommon, but uh, significant complications with sleeve gastrectomy is the staple line leak. So uh, the site where we have removed the stomach, uh, there's a very small chance that can leak um, and that can cause infection. Uh, most of the time we can manage this by endoscopy and antibiotics treatment. Uh, and very rarely do we have to do surgery to fix this problem. For gastric bypass, um, the main concern after surgery is the nutritional deficiency uh, because, it's, as we mentioned earlier, uh, there's malabsorption after gastric bypass. And so uh, lifelong, these patients will, un will require monitoring of their levels of vitamins and nutrition. Uh, one of the rarer and, uh, and also but severe complications with gastric bypass is internal herniation. Um, and that is, um, that is what we commonly call a twist in the bowel. And if that does occur, then um, surgery is required to fix it. Okay. But fortunately, it's not that common. It's not common, is it? No. Okay. That was Dr. Baldwin Young, Associate Consultant, Department of Surgery at Sengkang General Hospital. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you.